2: NFL podcast is now available on video. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes—well, some heroes. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Sessler Ferris Bueller, out of this one. Oh, don't. He's on it. a float somewhere
3: downtown, <laughs> singing the Beatles.
1: I don't think that was the Beatles, was it? Don't
3: make Swiss references that our young uh, listenership doesn't understand uh, yeah. it's before their time that's but why what we... the hell's going on <laughs> out here
2: Ferris biller stay off come on so i guess
1: we shouldn't talk about the greatest editor of the 21st th- of the 20th century dying yesterday either
3: mm. ben bradley yeah no that that's why we're so popular with advertisers and within the building is that we are really nailing that 12 to 18 demographic <laughs> the kiddies the kitties love us <laughs> Go buy some candy. They have no idea what we're talking
2: about. These kids today. I'll tell you what. We have a great show. This is our Wednesday show. Back for another week of preview. This time previewing week eight. And uh, we got a lot to get to today. We're going to... Um, go over the. Th- we're going to hit the Thursday night preview, which is probably the best Thursday night game of the year. The Chargers heading up to Mile High to face the Broncos in an AFC West showdown. So we'll get into that game, give it some love. Uh, we are going to go over uh, Chris Wessling's latest top 10 list. This time it is top 10 deserving Pro Bowl players or deserving players that deserve to go to the Pro Bowl. And uh, then we will play a little game, kind of a new game. Uh, based on a post we have up on the Around the NFL site, which you can access at nfl.com slash Around the NFL. It is the (laughs) trades that we'd like to see ahead of Thursday's trade deadline.
3: The pause before the slash keeps getting longer and longer. (laughs) It's kind of like your edition of the old Pat Summerall thing you know, that he would say at the end of every game. You know that one Uh, better. Murder, she wrote. There we go. Wes is West? always talking about that. I am? He loves Summerall.
1: I do love Summerall. I don't, I don't remember him saying, stay tuned for Murder, She uh, Wrote. That was his time. famous
3: thing. He I would don't. do the promo.
2: This is more stuff that our 12 to 18 demographic won't get. What the hell's going but, uh, on But You know, shut up, Lombardi, and listen up. Um, no, he would do this, He would do the promo for Murder, She mm. Wrote, before, which came on after 60 Minutes every Sunday night. And he started to have fun with it, where he would like take a long pause after Murder, so he'd be like murder. She wrote, and he would change the inflection. Well, that's because there's there's the ellipsis.
1: <laughs> TD can, can the actual add it title
3: in of TV, the show. after the fact.
2: Ooh, save the, wow! Save Work for TD. I like that. No idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> really? <laughs> so we're gonna get to all that. Uh, big show, big show. Before we do anything though, we're gonna check in formally with TD. Who TD? I want to issue an apology. It seemed like I maybe rode you hard a little bit on Sunday. Seem to be some hurt feelings, uh... you know. It just we demand greatness, and at certain points of the podcast, I didn't think you delivered it. But on balance, you're an excellent producer, so I want to apologize, kind of. Guys, it's
4: fine. You know, you expect greatness from the show. I expect greatness from the show as well. So every now and then we slip up, but uh... we're here to get the show back on the road.
2: <laughs> All right, that's wow. great. Yeah. I, I so feel earnest. like we're in a good place now. That was yeah. very earnest, surprisingly earnest. Uh, let's do some news.
1: Yes,
4: we
3: can
4: And I screwed up right there and then already I don't know guys, alright, let's do that again Doing it live, right. let's do it
2: again
3: Do it live It happened in London In London.
2: Alright, let's play the game What? What is that from? Because I'm stumped I have no idea I don't know either Greg, you don't know? Dan, you
4: don't know? Wow, I'm surprised It happened Dan. in London? It happened
2: in London And you don't remember that Mm-mm.
4: Joey Tribbiani when he first finds out – this is Friends, for those who don't know. First
2: finds <laughs> wow, out about Monica and What Chandler's are you doing watching oh, Friends, yeah, yeah, PD? Yeah, okay, okay. And a lot well, of you Friends don't know was, about me. Chris Friends was a Christmas, great thing. show. Uh, in its yeah. day. I'm not a so big it was friend. Hor-
1: that was one of the worst shows of all oh, time. No
2: Goodness, stop, it. Stop, it. stop it. I'm it sorry stop it's not it. mash, West. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the first season or two were all right, but then every oh. episode of Friends got to be the formulaic Mad Libs. Here's where Joey would do something goofy. Here's where well, Ross would be an idiot. That's, that's TV. No, it's not. Like That's bad TV. The good TV oh. is when the writers actually write. Bad TV is when the characters dictate what would happen in the show. There is a lot of bad TV out there. Friends was Friends a, Friends was a very – uh, that was among the worst shows ever put together. Oh, the last stop. few years it was on, Les, just stop it, it. it needed to be put out of its misery. It was just Well, off.
2: all shows that stay in the air too long eventually When need the to go.
1: primary reason to do something is money, it's not going to be good.
2: Oh, why Les. do you think we're here? For that chat <laughs> That's not why we're here. Well, well speak for yourself. <laughs> Friends is a, a very good show. All right. Awful. By the way, TD. Hideous. I kno- know exactly what you're talking about now. But it yeah, wasn't you know. like that
3: was an iconic line from the show. Oh, well,
2: what? I think it
4: was. Well, it was the first time because it was the first time anyone ever f- found out about the relationship.
3: What TD's <laughs> really try to get to is that this week. I am
1: embarrassed for our listeners.
3: T- t- two teams in London with yeah. the big catchphrase, Wake up for London or something like that. What is Wake it? Up Wake up at Wembley? Wake up win- at Wembley. Wake up at Wembley.
2: And TD, down, <laughs> way down the line, we're talking months down the line, I want you to surprise me
3: with the true iconic friends line, He's Her Lobster. Drop me a He's Her Lobster way down the line. Will do. Are you going to get up at 6.30 a.m., TD, to watch Lions-Falcons? <laughs> our
1: listeners coast? are better than this.
4: <laughs> I wake up at 6.30 usually every weekend to watch a Manchester United game. But for the Lions, I don't know about that. Hmm. I'm huh. going
3: to get up. Huh. I'm challenging both if of Calvin you guys plays. to do the same just – just for the fun I've of got it. big when else, Saturday when this, night. When else was this going to happen? Let's get to some news, <laughs> gentlemen. Let's start with
2: Percy Harvin. Uh, we haven't formerly had a chance to really talk about Harvin, who was traded to the Jets, of course, on Friday, last Friday, for a conditional pick, a mid-round pick. It can move up to, I guess, a fourth at the highest, fourth to a sixth. Uh, so a lot of interesting news with Harvin right now. Uh, the latest, Rex Ryan on Wednesday uh, said that Percy Harvin will have a minor role in the offense on Sunday. He will handle kickoff returns and maybe punt returns. Uh, Also, we learned that the Jets did not um, permit Percy Harvin to speak with the media on Wednesday. They're trying to control the message with him. Uh, I just want to throw it to you guys. I love the trade as a Jets fan. I think it's exactly kind of what they need. It's it's a roll-the-dice move on a lot of levels, but at the same time, Uh, for a team with a really boring offense that adds an exciting dynamic, and their special teams needed a shot in the arm as well, and he is the best in the business returning kicks. In my opinion, your thoughts?
1: This is really over the last few days left a bad taste in my mouth the way the Seahawks handled it. You never heard anything bad about Harvin out of Seattle until they trade him and they orchestrate this message to the media. They disseminate all the information to all the – NFL insiders around the country talking about the fights he caused, talking about asking out of games. It's just like a propaganda campaign and teams always have to try this after they trade a player. Why don't you just trade a player and move on without the propaganda?
3: Well, people knew some of these stories.
1: Nobody and for I don't think they did.
3: Maybe not the the fight during Super Bowl week um that's been reported but some of the other things going on behind the scenes I think they do know there's a lot that reporters know that don't that the I don't think they did out. in
1: this case. I don't think they would have kept that.
3: I wouldn't I think I don't really have a problem with it. Makes it makes sense though because the Seahawks
2: knew they had to sell it to their fan base. You see, that, you don't have we, to. Well, they they don't felt have that lie. they had to. You don't have to. But
3: hold they're back. not that's why they did it.
1: You're you're playing dirty. It's a dirty pool to do that.
3: But Look, a guy, Michael Robinson, who works for us, who was there in the locker room, I mean, he was one of the people that came out and said it. Yeah, he's like, I I broke up that fight. Reporters are going to report. They're going to find out things. It's not always necessarily from the team. It's from players. When
1: when five or six different reporters here within hours of the trade, that's coming from the team. That's being disseminated from the team.
2: All right, but let's talk about what is – Do you like the move for the Jets?
1: Sure. Why not? I mean, do you give up a a future special teamer for 10 games of a guy who, if everything's going swimmingly, can be one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL?
3: Greg. Yeah, I agree. It's not – I don't think he can be a top 10 receiver at this point because I don't think he's that guy that at this point you're just going to roll out there and he's going to be a normal outside receiver that plays every snap and does the entire route tree – and is going to be a complete wide receiver, but he's such an X factor and I think you're going to get a little bit of that Randy Moss in his first couple years in New England and Terrell Owens in his first couple years. Not that Harvin's I'm not saying he's been a problem or or not. It sounds like he has been. But just that he knows to make his money next year and the year after that, he better be on his best behavior and try to show the Jets he's worth $11 million next year. And if I'm the Jets. And anyone else, too. If I'm the
2: Jets, I don't even look at the tape of how the Seahawks try to deploy Harvin in the year and a half. I go back to the Vikings when they got that monster year out of him uh, that led to him landing with the Seahawks and see how they used him and knew how to use him.
3: Well, that – they what? They're going to take Brett Favre out of retirement. That's the second part of the point. Have Brett Favre run around? That, I think Percy Harvin does well in the same way that Randall Cobb sometimes does well in Green Bay. He's the guy that Rodgers looks to when the play breaks down. Also, but that's not what the Geno's same Smith way is. that Jeremy
1: Curley does well, which is a little bit odd that they extended Curley in within a few days of trading for Harvin, since they both are best
3: in the slot. I also don't blame the Seahawks if all of this is true on Harvin at all for doing it, you got to do it. You got to do. I mean, if it's, if it's becoming a problem with your team, you make the trade and that's why maybe it seems like dirty pool that it all comes out, but people are going to wonder if you didn't know you might be killing them for this trade, not understanding it. Uh, moving forward. the
2: Some Patriots news. Uh, we'll start with a trade. They pulled off on Tuesday. They acquired Tennessee Titans linebacker, Akeem Ayers uh, for a seventh round pick. Flipped pick. Oh, excuse in me. Yes. Six to the seventh round. And uh, Ayers is a former second round pick of the Titans who's been active in just two games this year. Uh, but, Greg, tell us what you think about this move and how he might have an impact in New
3: England. Well, to me, it's a guy that you hope can be a 30 snap a game guy. And, you know, part of the reason they made it, as I know you're going to bring up here, is that Chandler Jones is out. And that's that's the big news here that they feel like they need to fill some snaps and airs. who knows i mean bill belichick said he could help in pass defense he's a guy that's barely played this year because he's coming off a serious injury and he's never been that big a difference maker
2: the boston globe reported on tuesday that chandler jones the defensive end and their sack leader will miss about a month with a hip injury uh, jones played 84 of 87 snaps in their most recent game against the jets and the only issue that we thought he was dealing with was a shoulder issue so this kind of came out of nowhere on tuesday
1: He's their best pass rusher. Ayers has been, I think he had the double knee surgery in the offseason. He was a decent enough pass rusher in Tennessee, but wasn't playing because he didn't fit Ray Horton's 3-4 defense. Uh, he has experience in the 4-3, and the Patriots kind of vacillate between the two. It's a worth its worth a shot for a swap of late-round draft picks. Yeah, it's worth
3: a shot, but Chandler Jones is the best pure pass rusher the Patriots have had since Bill Belichick's been there. Who's getting period. to the quarterback Without Chandler Jones there. Ninkovich. I mean, no one. They, it's not like they had a great pass rush as it was. They're not a team that schemes up a particularly good, tenth good pass rush. With sacks. You Sachs. know, it's a huge problem. Because Jones is not only wildly talented, but he's an iron man. There aren't many defensive ends that play over 90% of his team snaps. That's what Jones and Ninkovich both did last year. It's a big drop off with him out of the lineup. And I mean and now it's starting to add up. You know, you are missing Gerard Mayo, you're missing Chandler Jones. You have pretty lame defensive tackles. And the next month, after this game against Cutler, that's a decent passing offense. You have Manning, Rivers, Luck, Rogers is in the mix there somewhere. Ooh. That's that's coming up for them. Murder is wrote. Mm.
2: And finally, this is the the Patriots nugget that I like a lot. Darrell Rivas was uh, as Kevin Patcher, our great Chicago correspondent, put it, reportedly sent back to his island on Tuesday, he came to <laughs> came to the Patriots <laughs> com- <laughs> complex. Nice job, Kevin. Uh, late, he showed up late on Tuesday for a 7:30 a.m. meeting. And what did Bill do? The old grumpy Gus sent him home. He said, "Go home to your island, Mister Revis." Uh, I, I must add that I saw, as we were uh, right before we were beginning to spin here, that Revis's business manager says this report is untrue.
3: Really? Revis said, it's between me and Belichick. Talk to him. So that Mm. was an odd answer if it wasn't true. A
1: source close to Revis told the Boston Globe, the message was definitely sent. The rules apply to everybody.
3: Hmm. This kind of reminds me of a situation that happened in this studio on Sunday. In this Mm. example, Dan Hansis was Bill Belichick, and TD (laughs) was Darrell (laughs) Revis. And Dan had to, you know... I had to discipline.
2: Everyone is the same here. We, there are, we cannot play favorites in the podcast. There's video.
3: a certain level of expectations when you're a member of the Patriots, and I kind of consider Ooh, this podcast oh, do the, not pa- do the Patriots of the NFL Media News Group. Well, I'm glad do the TD handled that.
1: it like Darrell Revis and not Adelius Thomas. <laughs> oh, that's, r- <laughs>
3: that's right. The Patriots did this five years ago when they sent Adelius Thomas and three others home when they were late during a snowstorm.
1: Daly's Thomas, didn't he say something like, what do you expect me to do, get a
3: helicopter and come in? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he actually said uh, teleporter. So teleporter. That's like... Unless, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Unless we forget poor Brandon Hubercraft. Spikes.
2: <laughs> <Hubercraft>. <laughs> <laughs> poor Brandon Spikes even tweeted a photo of his car buried in snow in that hellacious New England winter. Belichick said, screw it, and just went way under the rule book and just threw him on IR. Don't show up late to the Patriots complex.
3: Wait, the way, it's got, it's already getting cold in New England, and Dan and other uh, clowns like him miss <laughs> bad weather. Enjoy your six By months the way, of terrible it's weather. Not that I miss
2: quote bad weather. <laughs> As a someone that hails from New York in the Northeast, I like seasons. Yeah, and there just aren't seasons. Look, not in his head. I, that. I was asked. Uh, I was asked how I'm enjoying
1: October, and I didn't even realize it was October because it's 80 degrees what every day joke. here in LA.
2: Come on, Southern California, get a weather personality.
3: I love. I seasons are overrated.
2: All
3: you right. know, give me. You're like complaining because you get great food every day. Oh, let's let's have some mediocre. Uh, this coming know. from a guy who had bread for breakfast this morning, <laughs> just plain wheat yeah, bread. That was
2: a, kind of a weird move. Caused some controversy <laughs> in the newsroom. Greg ate a plain piece of wheat bread. It was like he was not coming toast. from prison. Yeah, not a sandwich, not like a breakfast sandwich, just a piece of bread. Bread's uh, great. Bread is TD, where all food comes from.
3: If making me hungry.
2: Stupid. All right, moving on. <laughs> hey, Brett Favre, who gets asked about a lot of things, doesn't seem to care about any of the things he's asked about, but he did have something interesting to say uh, about Austin Davis, the Rams quarterback. Uh, here is the quote, not to sound off my rocker, but he – in my mind, can be the next Tom Brady or Kurt Warner. Uh, Favre told ESPN. Brian Hoyer as well. Uh, that buried the lead there. Austin, <laughs> like those mentioned, just needed a legit opportunity.
1: Wait, were you using Brian Hoyer in the same sentence as Kurt Warner and listen, Tom Brady? Listen, that
2: was the first time I've even seen this quote as I was reading it, and Brian Hoyer good, got thrown in the practice. mix too as the next Kurt
3: Warner? Come <laughs> let's, on. Let's be honest here. Austin
1: here. Davis went on to break all of Favre's records at Southern Miss. Mm. There's a lot of this going on right here.
3: What? Mm. Just helping out, you know, pumping up a little Southern. Well, pitch. yeah. Yeah. He's it's kind of like me and two-lane kicker Cairo Santos. Always rooting <laughs> for him. <laughs> yes. I, I, it's a lot, it's a lot like that. It's a lot
1: like that.
2: You know, I watched the the game closely on Sunday, the Rams. and it, Austin Davis is a – it seems like a pretty nice player. He, but let's be honest. I mean, he threw for 45 yards through three and a half quarters uh, last week. Uh, had a nice drive that put them uh, – gave them a chance to win at the end of the game. But – Austin Davis is not the next Kurt Warner. Come on.
1: I think he's a lot closer to the Hoyer end of the spectrum here than the Warner brand. But according
2: either. to Brett Favre, Hoyer is also the next Kurt Warner.
3: <laughs> he's got Hoyer's Austin... the
2: next benched.
3: Woo! Austin Davis has a chance. Sessler bristles if he was listening. I don't know what kind of career he's going to have, but for the first six starts of his career, he has a chance to be a long-time he's NFL starter. He also has a chance a
1: to be Case Keenum.
3: I don't think that's going to happen. I I do want to credit Dan for a pretty good Brett Favre. I have an impromptu. That's good. Thank you. I have an
1: impromptu go get my lunch proposition for Greg. Okay. Austin Davis will not start the 2015 season as the Rams quarterback.
3: Well, I'm not taking that.
1: Oh, he just said he's going to be great. I,
3: th- I think on, he's Greg. got a chance, but they could, you know, mm. who knows what the Rams are going to do. Not <laughs> the best decision makers at quarterback. Touché. By the way, didn't you make something off of Case Keenum starting this year? Some sort of sandwich thing, Keenum versus Mallet, I believe. That
2: was me. I said, "Who would start more games?" We're off the reservation. Yeah, A.J. Green <laughs> uh, was on NFL Network's NFL AM. That is uh, one of Chris Wessling's favorite programs. He said that the Bengals, after you know they started three and zero, now they're three two and one, haven't won in almost a month, uh, are quote like the scum of the crop right now. <laughs> so let's start. Let's start where we have to, and the only logical place to start. What does that mean? What is
3: the scum of the crop?
1: Well, you think it doesn't make sense, right? Because mm-hmm. crops don't have scum. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, scum scum the, is
1: scum is a liquid product.
3: It's usually the cream of the crop.
1: Yeah, but the cr- there's no cream in crop either. Or the runt of the litter, maybe he was thinking of? And he, or and the scum got of the earth. Up. In in A.J. Green's defense, mm. scum of the crop makes as much sense as cream of the crop. It comes from the French phrase, creme de la creme.
2: Got the mailman. Go mailman.
1: Which is alliterative, and that's why it used to be pick of the crop, and then people started saying cream of the crop because of the creme de la creme fi- phrase. So that's how it worked.
2: Alliteration. That is an outrageous amount of information on this topic,
3: <laughs> I, to Also, to AJ Green's defense, that show tapes at like 5 in the morning. <laughs> so nothing that's said on it can really be taken too seriously. <laughs>
2: but you should watch it. It's on every morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, uh, yeah. Greg.
3: And the the replay on again at seven gets there. If
2: you miss it or you want to watch it a second time,
3: it's coming right back at you real fast. Finally, the Bengals do stink. He's right by the way.
2: Yeah. We'll get to that uh, during the previews on Thursday show. Finally, Michael Sam, the first openly gay NFL player. uh, He's going to have to get to the NFL first in terms of playing on a field in a game. And it's uh, not looking good right now. He was waived by the Cowboys from their practice squad on Tuesday. Uh, a little quick refresher cuz i know the story is something that you haven't heard much about Michael Sam 7th round pick in May cut by the Rams at the end of camp picked up by the Cowboys now dumped by the Cowboys so we may have seen the last of Michael Sam I don't know no way it's a
1: good sign that we didn't hear a peep about him while the Cowboys were doing so well that it didn't become it wasn't an issue in Dallas ever he just was like a regular practice squad guy.
3: Right. I can't believe they overcame such adversity of having you know, the <laughs> distraction of Michael Sam. I think he'll be back because he's been on a practice squad. He had some production in the preseason. I think this shines a light on what so many hundreds of guys go through that are trying to make the NFL every year that bounce around, that get cut from practice squads. And those guys, kind of like Michael Sam, a seventh-round pick, they usually end up right back on a roster in January when rosters expand, and I have a feeling that's what will happen with Sam if he doesn't get a job in the next couple months. Or he'll be in Canada playing football.
2: And that's what's happening. All right. Now, gentlemen, let's get into what this might be it. This might be the best Thursday night football game of the season. The the CBS folk. This was the one they circled, I would think, uh, in terms of high-profile matchup of – AFC contenders, I'd say. I don't know about media markets, but the San Diego Chargers heading to Denver to face the Broncos. The Broncos, who suddenly look like the Broncos of last year on offense, which is a terrifying thought. Peyton Manning had one of his best performances ever when he set the touchdown record on Sunday night. Four days later, Phillip Rivers comes to town. Last time they played in primetime last year. Big win for the Chargers. Uh, Will they be able to pull off the upset this time around? Chris Wessling, I start with you.
1: Greg and I spent a portion of the morning discussing where Philip Rivers and Peyton Manning belong in this top four. Right. Clearly it's Manning, Rodgers, Rivers, and Luck as the top four.
3: I think Luck is a solid four, by the way, not quite with those three, but yes.
1: But I guess where I'm going with this is Peyton Manning has a lot easier matchup this week than Philip Rivers does. R- Rivers is going against Ware and Von Miller, who have, are on pace for, to meet their 32-sack goal. The Broncos' secondary is playing really well. I think they're second in total defense, and Peyton Manning's going up against a secondary where Brandon Flowers has been one of the best cornerbacks in the league this year. Will not play because he's concussed. Jason Wait, Verrett, Who was it? Brandon. Fla- oh, I oh, see where you're going with this. Yeah. No. <laughs> you want
3: to make flowers? Ah, there we go.
1: There we go. All right. Go ahead, Jason Vare. Yes. In the defensive player of the year conversation, he's been incredible. He's been great, questionable to play with a shoulder injury, and they have, they're without a couple of pass rushers, too. Peyton Manning's going to have an easy time of it.
3: Dwight, they've also been without Dwight Freeney for a couple of weeks. He started out the season so well, has totally vanished, and to flip it over to the Chargers' side, I mean, Rivers, that offensive line is not playing well. The running game should be fine, but he's going up against what's now one of the best defenses in the league and has a cornerback trio that I think is the best cornerback trio in the league because Chris Harris is playing incredible. Bradley Roby was a great pick by John Elway. It was kind of out of left field pick. He's playing terrific. And then Aqib Talib is doing his thing. It doesn't set up well for this Philip Rivers MVP narrative that's been going on. It sets up like after this game, people are talking about, oh, I guess it's just Peyton in the Broncos year anyways.
2: Got it. If Peyton Manning wins another MVP. That would be insane.
3: Well, there's other people in the mix, too, this year. DeMarco Murray. I mean, Rodgers. Who knows? Luck. Luck, J.J. Watt. Throw Luck in there. I don't know. So I think that...
2: I think we we're all picking the Broncos here. But it wouldn't be insane if the Chargers – I mean, we're, they're the team of ATL, the team of around the NFL. We love the Chargers this season. There's no reason to think they can't –
3: what's so funny? <laughs> Our hearts aren't into it. We named no, it a like, team of ATL. I'm into it. We're, s- into it. we're already sneaking out the back I'll, door and I'll, going I'll, down the alley. Oh, well, give me a l- break. Who, do, who else gets away from pressure better than Phillip Rivers? I don't know. <laughs> Our, Our hearts, you hearts clearly love, aren't in this. <laughs> you love the little pocket <laughs> rocket. Brandon Oliver. <laughs> he's <laughs> jumping around like Frank Gore. That's my comparison. He's basically by the way, played, for Oliver.
1: He's basically pounds played pounds three games and he leads all rookies in rushing yards.
3: Right. What do you think of this Frank Gore comparison? I think ten, he reminds me more of Maurice Jones Drew. Ten pounds yeah, I can see that. Ten pounds lighter, but a lot of power and a lot of that hopping. He always finds the hole. He kind of waits waits and somehow sees it. That's how it'll be see. interesting
2: to see what happens when Ryan Matthews comes back. What uh what uh, they'll be doing with that backfield because obviously uh Oliver's proven himself. But we're not gonna we're not gonna pick 'em. We're not
3: gonna pick the Chargers. Come on. No. One but of us, come on. No Let's way. Do it. But the Chargers You played guys first. The Broncos better last year than any team. All three games they essentially controlled the pace of play. Even in the playoffs, you know, they did a good job playing keep away and there are more weapons for Rivers to throw to this year. Eddie Royal's playing very well, kind of shockingly. Malcolm Floyd has been a big factor. Gates is playing better. They can maybe still do that keep-away strategy if they're good on third downs.
1: To your point, Peyton Manning's career passer rating, 14 points less against John Pagano defenses.
3: Yeah, since Pagano has gotten to San Diego, he is 6-6 six and six against the Chargers. Which is kind of shocking to me. That's a shocking stat.
2: Here's to me the key to the game, and we saw it on Sunday night against the Niners when the Broncos jump on a team early, and all of a sudden you look up after half a quarter and it's 21 to three or 14 nothing or something like that. The Chargers have done it. They can keep this thing close through a half, and they keep the ball as we're saying, control the ball. They know how to win this game. They know how to beat this team. We need them not to get the doors blown off in the first quarter. Is it possible with Peyton Manning playing at this level? Easier
1: said than done. I. I just think the Broncos' defense is so much better this year, too.
2: All right, guys. Here we go. So, Chris Wessling. Man, you do such a great job with these lists. I'll tell you <laughs> what. I just get to – these you,
1: are – You have never read one of these that's lists, what's including called, this one.
3: That's what's <laughs> called Dan buying time as he finds the right spot list. he wants to read off. And one. I'll tell
2: you what, position power rankings is what they're called – uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be quite positional anymore, but I will tell you this. <laughs> it is presented by Lenovo, Sponsored. Which sponsored uh, the banner reads presented, Greg. So I had it right initially. Uh, great friend. And we know that right off the top. And and you're doing them proud because you're delivering great content. This week, it is 10 players that Chris Wessling believes deserve, mm. deserves to go to the Pro Bowl.
1: Well, balloting started on Sunday, so it's timely. Ooh, company man. If you're filling out your ballot.
3: NFL.com.
1: To me, I, I enjoy doing this series, but for me, it's never about the actual ranking, which maybe that makes me the worst person to do it. Fans like to talk about the numbers. Where the where they're actually ranked for me, it's always been about the analysis and shedding light on how certain players are playing. So this is a perfect opportunity for me to do that. Ten players who you should at least consider for the Pro Bowl because these guys are more under the radar. They've never been to the Pro Bowl or they're not like household names. All
3: right, well, it, except for you know Jason Pierre-Paul.
1: But he's coming or back Jordy from Nelson. Jason Pierre-Paul coming Spoiler back from alert. two seasons where he was no good.
3: <laughs> I didn't know this. Greg was just a- so
2: excited. You're like someone when they open, up, they open up a Lenovo product. They can't wait to get into
3: it and <laughs> use it. You can't wait to get into this list. This isn't Breaking Bad or something. It's been on the site. Hundreds of thousands of <laughs> fans of Chris Wesley have already anyway. read it anyway. <laughs> All right,
2: so here, no, we'll start at number one because, yes, Jordy Nelson is your number one player who deserves a Pro Bowl nut. I'm pretty stunned that he has not been to the Pro Bowl yet. It's, wow. an, out- it's an outrage. A, a absurd. That, that is an outrage.
3: Got to go. He's got to go. This is the year.
2: Where is he, by the way? The wide receiver rankings, if you're making – I know you did one earlier this year, Wes, ranking the wide receivers, correct? I, I believe – No, I believe the summertime. The
1: summertime, Greg and Mark shared one while I was out of town.
2: Okay, great. So, anyway, we all thought Calvin Johnson was far and away. Uh, our producer, TD, said that Calvin Johnson was going to have 712 touchdowns this year. Uh, it's not working out. <laughs> 24, He's hurt. I believe. The He's number. hurt for the second straight year. So it kind of opens up the debate a little bit. Who's the best wide receiver? And Jordy Nelson, mm. you can make a case for Jordy Nelson, right? This season. Well,
1: I don't – Calvin Johnson's the best receiver.
3: Right, but he's hurt.
1: But if you're talking about who's, placed the be, who's played the best this season, if you want to say Antonio Brown, that's fine. But I'm taking Jordy Nelson as the best receiver in the NFL through seven weeks.
2: Mm. DeAndre Levy, the Detroit Lions linebacker, is number two. Why Levy was?
1: Well, he was robbed last year. He was – He was up there with Thomas Davis and Levante David as the best linebacker in the NFL against the pass. And this year he's been awesome against the run. I think he and Sue are the two stars on the number one rated defense in the NFL.
2: Number three, Vontae Davis of the Colts. Cornerback, uh, famously a famous hard knock scene was where he got traded to the Colts by the Dolphins and he uh, interrupted Jeff Ireland to see if he could call his mother or grandmother to Mm. talk to her. The, this man has grown up. He's a grown boy now, and he's making plays in the secondary. I feel
1: so far removed from the rest of American society because I was in the 9.30 meeting today, and <laughs> that same exact story was brought up about his mother or grandmother uh, or whatever, mm. and I it, I, I had no idea like what they the were I like to
3: send you guys to the different meetings around oh the corporate-like things around the NFL offices. They're a lot of fun, I have to say.
1: Well, I think Vontae Davis, <laughs> he's on here because— the Colts are a surprisingly good defense They've turned up some press pass r- pressure and they they're not they're getting off the field on third downs. They're not allowing third downs and The reason why they've been able to send so much pressure is because Vontae Davis and Greg Tuller are very good press man corners who you allow them to take two guys away and send the rest at the quarterback.
3: Right, they're going to give up some passes, but you have to give Ryan Grigson a lot of credit now for that Vontae Davis trade. I think it's worked out. And and for Toler, who is a free agent that no one thought was going to be that big of a deal from Arizona, and that those two guys are kind of the linchpins of their secondary.
2: And I, I will name up those are the top three on West's list. Here are the, here's four through ten, and we can just throw out any thoughts we want uh because that's what we do around here Greg Olson, <laughs> Panthers tight end at 4 JPP of the Giants
3: has he not been to pro bowl he's ha- he's had to be he there. has yeah, but yeah.
1: this is I, it's not just guys who haven't been to the pro bowl it's, he's coming back from 2 years where he stunk
3: no one's really noticed how mm-hmm. well he's been
2: playing Golden Tate Lions wide receiver also known as one of Greg's uh in his stable of boys Golden Tate Wait a that's, that's my boy I like Excuse it me, that's it's he's Clayton. in Said,
1: I'll claim him now. Boys. We had a scientific debate yeah. on this no, very I, podcast.
3: I admitted that. I lose track of your boy stables. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that sounds wrong. Wesseling had a list Padlocked of boy <laughs> stables. best free agent no windows. bargains. We need to move on from this <laughs> line of discussion right now. Um, best Help free me. agent bargains list. Back in March, number one on the list, Golden Tate. I mean, he has made, I think a bigger difference in terms of his team winning and losing games than maybe any receiver in the league. You can throw a couple drops in there, but no one's made more game-changing plays. How about any tight.
1: free agent in the league?
3: Sure. He, he's he been one of the best signings. Who knows? I mean... Uh, you could say he should be higher on this list. How well, great he's I didn't been. want to play just, two
1: receivers back-to-back. Uh, okay,
3: okay. You got to get him. I, he is a Pro Bowl player right now. Kyle Williams, nice to see him there. It's, mm. Very nice player. Number seven on Someone the Someone should represent that Buffalo Bills defensive He's the best line. Williams on their defensive line.
2: He certainly gets paid less than the other one. But Mario Williams is a player, too. But Kyle is just the guy that is he hit, the unsung hero had, of that
1: line. He's had the most dominant game by a defensive tackle I've seen all year against the Chargers. In the game, the Chargers won, but Williams just toyed with their interior linemen.
2: All right, eight. Harrison Smith of Minnesota. Rolando McClain, a comeback player of the year candidate. Cowboys linebacker at nine and number ten, uh, the the charismatic punter for the Indianapolis Colts, the electric Pat McAfee.
1: I put him on there just for your sake. Guy's
2: hilarious, and a great punter. His well, you said the best. By the way, the best uh, defensive line play you've seen, by far, and it's not even close. Been watching football like twenty years or so now. Uh, the best onside kick in the history of onside kicks was the one he did on Thursday Night Football against the Texans. Mm. He had a kick at 10 yards. He kicked it 10 yards and 3 inches and then recovered his own kick. It was brilliant.
1: He has three onside kicks this year. I believe at one point he had the only three onside kicks in the NFL. And he's the only punter I've ever seen with a celebration <laughs> every time he makes a good punt.
3: Now, I, I know you've heard <laughs> uh, my theory, Chris, on the beef between Kansas and Pat McAfee. Maybe I'll throw it by TD and, and see if he agrees oh, with my yeah, theory. That's... That... Dan, you know Dan works here. Pat's on uh, NFL AM quite a bit, and what Dan sees in Pat is a guy kind of encroaching on his funny man for the NFL Media News Group territory, and he doesn't like that.
4: Dan is from New York, and you know how they—you know how they are—very competitive <laughs> gentlemen. So I think you're right. You're on to something there. Hmm. Just going to just going to put it out cause
3: there. Because let's just. Let's face it, McAfee's going to have a podcast someday yeah. here. TD will be producing it. i will be ignoring our podcast for it.
2: <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I think Pat McAfee is a great talent in this industry. Untaps it. And when he's out of, out of the game as a punter, I would welcome him to the NFL right. media umbrella. For okay. the record, I'm
1: not buying that theory.
3: But thank you, Okay. I think, I, there's,
1: I think there's another reason. What? Oh, I'll tell you off the air. <laughs>
3: By the way, I do have to have, have one problem with your list. Okay. Harrison Smith gives up too many plays. Whenever I watch the Vikings play, they're hitting a bomb and Harrison's on Harrison Smith's side of the field because he runs up, gives up too many plays.
1: I've seen that happen once.
3: I've seen it happen a few All times. All right, guys. That's enough. Okay. Let's wrap it up.
2: Moving forward. We will close out today's show with uh, really a conversation that started in written form. As I said, on our website, we did a post uh, – Trades we'd like to see. The trade deadline is on Thursday.
3: Is that tomorrow? It's on next Tuesday. Cool.
2: Good info <laughs> by me. Uh, next Tuesday is October twenty eighth as a trade deadline. Uh, so we each of us for around the NFL threw out a trade we'd like to see. Not necessarily. And I very rarely uh, dip into the comments section to see what's going on over there because it's usually uh, a human sewer scenario. <laughs> but I will say this: that uh, people
3: who are upset about some of these trades the uh, just really upset. They didn't I haven't checked the comments but then you didn't get it. You know, realize
2: and that's a thing. It's 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 something just stuff we'd like to see. Maybe not realistic but fun stuff. So let's maybe uh play a new game. Mm. And I will give Chris Wessling props. We we were brainstorming downstairs. Oh, we got well, it's a fun way to get into this uh game type thing. People like games. And <laughs> Wes, you came up with what? People like games.
1: Well, it's a trade scenario, so it's Which team says no? Who says no? Who says no?
2: Wes, I was thinking if we can get uh, TD. I was thinking if we can get uh, some women singers, 1950s like the Chantels. Chantels. If we could actually get the Chantels, that'd be good if they're alive, and and we could go. Who
4: says no?
2: Something like that.
4: No, I was thinking more. uh, It was one of my news drops months ago. And it's yeah. from the Planet of the Apes movie. When Caesar first talks in the first movie, <laughs> he says no. Freaking yeah. sci-fi. It's pretty epic. Cool. We but definitely like that, that one. Yeah. No. Yeah.
2: It'll go, who says no? Uh, I like that. Sorry it's not Caesar from the Planet of the Apes 6. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. Planet of the Apes. You're going to need
1: a bigger planet. All
2: right. I'll start. I'll start. <laughs> I'll start. Uh, so to make the who says no, it's not just throwing out a trade. An actual trade, the – the parameters of the trade have to be out there. So I will start with Johnny Manziel, Cleveland Browns quarterback. You know, we got an extension coming to Brian Hoyer potentially if he doesn't lose to the Raiders this week. And uh, they're going to want to do that and make it nice and clean. they got to get rid of the first-round pick now. The Browns, known to make uh, decisions on a, on a whim, they're going to send – they're going to offer, or the Jets call up the Browns. And they say, ooh, we got, it. we got Percy Harvin now. We're excited about it. We got Eric Decker. We got Chris Ivory in the backfield. We got some pieces now. Now we just need a quarterback to tie it all together. Geno Smith can be a backup. Let's try to get Johnny Manziel from the Browns. And we'll give the Cleveland Browns a number, a uh, second-round pick in the 2015 draft. And if that's not sweet enough, I'll throw it out. I'll say 2016 draft, a conditional second-rounder, that becomes a first-rounder if Manziel plays 85% of the Jets' snaps next season. Who says no? Well,
1: yeah, this conversation never happens. The Jets aren't giving up a second-round pick for a guy who couldn't beat out Brian Hoyer in August. Well, Hmm. that's not
2: exactly what the situation was, though.
1: It's exactly what the situation was. It wasn't
2: purely uh, on play with that. It was always a situation where the Browns were trying to establish that they were in control of the situation. No, 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 no. no. Oh, for sure. Brian Hoyer
1: left that door wide open. And they were waffling for a little while on who was going to be. Manziel had a clear opportunity to take it, and Hoyer played terribly in August. He's played better during the season, but Manziel—I mean—it's easy to forget that in August everybody was trashing how poorly he played.
2: Should, but then you're essentially saying that Johnny Manziel is shot as a prospect in the NFL based on. Three I'm or saying, four saying his trade
1: value is shot until he shows something.
3: Mm. I think the Browns say no, because this is a pick, I think, that probably came from on high in their organization, or at least it was an organizational pick. The city's excited about him. He's a first-round pick. No one thought he was going to be a pro bowler right out the gates, and I think they're far from wanting to give up. So even if John Idzik, you know, woke up out of his slumber and returned to, returned to call within a few days, uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, they, they wouldn't want to do that. What makes us
1: think that Manziel is going to have a better career than Geno
2: Smith?
3: Well, it's a, it's a hunch. That's it, it, you're that, asking us. I'm saying yeah. the Browns think that. I don't think they've given up on Johnny.
2: No, Manziel. I'm just asking Dan. Well, I, that's the thing. It's a hu- It would be a huge gamble by the Jets, and it would be <laughs> potentially asking for outright disaster to bring Manziel to New York City uh, or close to New York City, and and that could blow up in their face. And as I fear with all Jets moves, that they'll eventually go wrong. This would just be another in the long line, but. It's just fun. And Jets need a quarterback, though. Do not get sucked into Geno Smith playing well in New England on Thursday. He's way too inconsistent. We've seen what we've seen. He's going to be good sometimes and awful sometimes. you got to find someone better and more consistent than Geno Smith.
3: And save your tweets. We don't really think Johnny Manziel could get to the Jets. I'm actually going to give Chris Wesseling my, the password to my <laughs> Twitter account and the ATL just to block everyone that does I'm that. I'm
1: staying in on, on Friday and Saturday night because that's more fun <laughs> that's than I could possibly have elsewhere. All right.
2: Who says no? Uh, Wes, you're up.
1: When we play this game, we have to remember that general managers value draft picks like Scrooge McDuck values his vault. Mm-hmm. So, Scrooge right.
2: McDuck analogy. In the
3: offseason, nice they do And then on like draft day, they'll just trade things around. <laughs> they don't really care anymore. They're like, all right, here's two-thirds and a fourth for whoever.
1: Darren Sproles goes for a special teamer. Right. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, all right, so – Larry Fitzgerald has basically been banished from the Cardinals' offense. Bruce Arians hates him. Car- Carson Palmer ignores him. <laughs> He's the best receiver <laughs> of his generation. It doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. So since they have Michael Floyd, Andre Ellington, John Brown, and Fitzgerald's due $24 million salary cap number next offseason, Cardinals might be losing him anyway. Mm. He solves the Patriots' outside receiver problem, move him back to the X receiver, which he used to play in Arizona. Mm. They kind of moved him to the slot. Mm. (laughs) Patriots give up a sixth-round pick and a conditional third-rounder that goes to a second-rounder if the Patriots win the AFC East.
3: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Who says no? I'd say the Cardinals say no just because they don't want to face the fallout. The Patriots, sign sign them up. Sounds great. Wait,
2: second-round pick? What did the
3: Patriots have to take on? Whatever. They'll just take Razai Dowling or something with that pick. And that option next year?
1: No, they can just cut him.
3: Well, they mm. – I don't think – They'll you, just restructure. I don't think you do yeah. it for a rental. The Patriots have uh, more room. They can be flexible, move some cap money around. I think if you do it, you do it with the idea that Fitzgerald's going to be there for three years.
2: Why don't they just wait, wait out this season, the Patriots, wait till the Cardinals cut him and then just sign him?
1: How many more? Tom Brady's another year older, another year closer exactly. to the end. you got to value each season now.
2: But you're going to, if you trade for Fitzgerald, this is why I, I think the Patriots say, no, they'd be giving up draft picks. And, and, and I think that trying to get him up to speed in the middle of the season, it might not be something where they could jive immediately. I'd rather just wait and get him and make one last push for both guys next year.
1: Well, you're not sure that the Cardinals are going to cut him. Mm. The Cardinals could restructure. Seems like it's
3: heading in that direction, though, doesn't it?
1: I, I don't know. They love him there.
3: I like this move. I like just sending more superstars, especially in <laughs> offense, to the Patriots. And what are the Patriots going to do? You know, with their second-round picks, anyways, draft Aaron Dobson or Razi Dowling or Bethel Johnson or something. Just go get go get a veteran. Chad Jackson. <laughs> All right, your turn, Greg. <laughs> uh. This is, the whole trade is laid out in our uh, article. As you mentioned, six trades we'd love to see. I think it has a vanity URL. Did you mention that one? No, I didn't. I did not edit it. I wish I knew it off the top of my head. We'll get back to that. Oh. Jay, that's Jay Cutler. Terrible. That's a bad job. People don't even know what a vanity URL is. And then on top of it, you don't even know what it is.
2: Come on, boss.
3: Jay Cutler coming off a disappointing performance. Chicago fans are annoyed. Mark Tressman not feeling good about that contract that his front office gave Cutler in the offseason. They say, whoops, we're sorry. They send him to Tampa for Josh McCown, who's already done great in Mark Tresman's system, and they'll throw in Mike Lennon so that they can have a nice young arm to develop in Chicago. The Sh- Chicago gets out of Jay Cutler's big contract. Tampa's got all sorts of cap room. Cutler would be the best quarterback they've had since maybe Doug Williams, even if he's only average. Who says no?
1: This is a people. (laughs) People have accused you of being crazy for this. I think you might be a mastermind. Yeah, I like it. I think Tresman, if I remember correctly, met with Mike Glennon before the draft two years ago. Mm. I think Tresman is a big Mike Glennon fan. We know he likes Josh McCown. He had him last year.
3: Josh McCown's numbers were better (sighs) than Cutler last year. Much better. Seventeen million, pretty much a year guaranteed. So Tampa needs to spend that money somewhere it's got all that cap room
2: you know what this reminds me of the old famous and if you haven't seen it before find it on YouTube when um, the girl from Melrose Place was on (laughs) Conan O'Brien and uh, Norm MacDonald was sitting there and she was doing a Carrot Top movie uh, Chairman of the Board and Norm kept on interrupting her while Conan was trying to be nice and, and was just embarrassing her about, you quit Melrose Place to do a movie with Carrot Top? <laughs> And then at one point he, he, he steps in and interjects. He goes, uh, you know what they should call the movie? Uh, box office poison. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl, I wish I remember her name. She was just like mortified. Well, uh, Jay Cutler is Lombardi Trophy poison. Well, oh. Everybody knows by okay. now that everybody knows the football world has to know the Bears got sucked in. Why would why would the Bucks why would,
3: it is a clean box office comment. poison.
2: Why would the Bucks want to take on Jay Cutler and, and they become the team that has to deal with waiting forever for that promise to happen? It's just not gonna happen. I love this answer
1: because ninety eight percent of the people who read this article probably thought the Bears would say no.
3: Right. Everyone said that this was crazy, mm. that the Bears would never trade Cutler away. Here's why, because I went back through the archives, looked for the leading passer of the Buccaneers franchise in their history each year. Who are the Buccaneers quarterbacks ever that have been better than Jay Cutler? Brad Johnson for a year? Josh Freeman, give me a break? Mm. That's it. That's the list. It's, maybe, it's probably back to Doug Williams. He had a pretty good run, in the. they, they weren't winning games, but he was he playing was well. He was terrible. He was okay. He was okay. <laughs>
2: The football world has to be catching up with what the fans have already <laughs> had by now, though that Cutler is not gonna win you a super Bowl. He he's throw the it guy. deep to Vincent
3: Jackson and Evans, and maybe it works
1: do you want do you want me to let you inside the mind of a bears fan? Yeah, so my buddy a j lives on Tybee. If you go to Tybee, uh, we have a lot of listeners have told me they've been to Huckapoo since we've talked about it. <laughs> go to Sunday cafe for lunch a j is the owner and head chef huge bears fan. Here's what he texted me this afternoon: <laughs> Tressman is losing the locker room. Don't think he's an NFL head coach. I know it doesn't help that you have a <laughs> QB, but he chose him. It's about to get ugly. We're through for six years. <laughs> mm.
2: That's a, and that's similar to what Kevin a Chicago correspondent, has said that Cutler just just really draws just the. The madness out of people. They, he's frustrated by them.
3: Have faith in trust, me. By the man.
2: way, Courtney Thorne Smith is the Melrose Place actress. Oh, yeah. That, Ooh. Got, that got normed on Conan O'Brien. I liked her in, in summer school.
3: Oh, yeah. Very underrated movie that Foxy. no one's heard of that listens to the podcast, too. <laughs> uh, here's the vanity, u- the URL NFL.com slash dream trade scenarios. Dial that one up. <laughs> wow. I didn't come up with that. But.
2: That is catchy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, it's got to right.
3: be mentioned on NFL Total Access. Oh, Wednesday good. night. Fox, will
2: we be, we be name-dropped?
3: Well, they'll say around the league, around the NFL. Because hopefully. one time
2: uh, a tweet that I had that got read aloud loud on the air was not used because they couldn't pronounce my last name. I've been working here almost five years.
3: Well, you've got to step up your profile. <laughs> <laughs> Do better work. It'd be like yeah, Vernon
2: yeah. Davis and get concentrate on your brand. I know. Okay. All right, that's it for today's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We'll be back tomorrow night where we will recap – the Thursday night football matchup we talked about, and then we will go into Sunday's games and uh, preview every game on Sunday as we do every week. Uh, So get ready for that. Thanks for listening. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman, the boss, and the great TD behind the glass. Until Thursday.